another episode of the bloodlust and bourbon podcast my name is steven i'm troy and we made it we've done it we made it to the final friday the 13th <laughs> episode yes and for the love of god i don't ever want to see one of these movies again i i really i'm dead serious like I, it'll probably be 10 plus years since or until i want to really maybe have an interest in watching any of these again just because it's just been constantly on my mind um i don't know about you because i know obviously people would see us as like horror movie people so if it's like i never a horror movie thing somebody like mentioned something to me and at work somebody was like what are you gonna watch friday the 13th this past friday and i was like yep nope no, I'm not. No, I watch, I watch like Seinfeld <laughs> or something. I don't yeah, I fucking put on Twin Peaks, I think, because I'm rewatching that again. So, um, no, I'm not watching any Friday the 13th. Hell, honestly, I it's it, I haven't watched any of these for this review, and I can absolutely, I, I'm totally prepared. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I rewatched a couple, but they weren't. It wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I I know how to talk about these movies <laughs> yeah 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 but all right so let's get into these let's go straight in uh we'll, okay. we'll talk about what we've been watching on our uh, top 10 episode that is coming out at the end of this month also so yeah let's get right into this so we have made it to the decline uh quote unquote of the jason or the Friday the 13th franchise. It's interesting once we get to Jason X and Jason Goes to Hell because they stop using Friday the 13th as the title. Yeah, up until the remake, I guess, but that's they have to do that for the remake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it, so it's all it's all really just Jason now. Like Yeah. You know, it's been all Jason all the time since since part 2, but like there it, it, this feels <clears throat> this feels different and, yeah and, i mean it's not it's not uh it's not like it's you know a coincidence i mean new line cinema took over and and started using jason's name instead of uh instead of friday the 13th so all right so let's get into jason x jason x
So give us your first thoughts on Jason X. Um, I tend to have a lot of fun when I watch Jason X. Um, I'm completely 100% aware that it's a bad movie. Um, I don't think anybody argues that, that it's a bad movie, but I feel like it's thoroughly entertaining. I feel like there's a lot of bad shit, crazy things that happen in the movie. I actually just listened to another podcast, How Did This Get Made? That's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to just because I think it's really funny. And they did a whole episode on Jason X in front of a whole a live studio audience. And they just kind of talk about the movies, kind of like we do with horror movies. And um, they they pointed out a, a few things and um, yeah, it kind of gave me some new perspectives on it is, is what I was getting at, like hearing uh, what they've said. Um, like, <laughs> like David Cronenberg being in the movie, which is really weird that he was requesting to be in it. You know what I mean? Like he requested to be in this movie. Um, but whenever he was, <laughs> whenever he, we'll get into it in a second, but the one thing I want to mention real quick is when he's talking about Jason at the very beginning of the movie, um, for those who don't know David Cronenberg, for to listen to our podcast who don't know him, um, I'm very sorry to hear that, but also he's the the scientist guy at the very beginning um, who's making demands of the person, the main girl who's really cautious of them doing anything with Jason. For uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, um, it's been decided that Jason has definitely has um, like healing properties. My and there's a point where he's like, I don't want him frozen. I want him soft. And I just can't get that out of my head when he says he wants them soft. And it's such a weird thing for me to think of like a soft adjacent. I don't know. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you brought up a, a interesting point for this movie. Um, like old Jason has either just been um, like kind of like a superhuman serial killer. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, he's human. He's alive, but he, he could be killed, but he's, obviously a little bit beyond what normal people can do and then sure. of course you know once jason lives he's he's a you know undead zombie whatever kind of yeah. monster who cannot be stopped um right right so this one gives him like regenerative power <laughs> like it's it, it, like, he <laughs> And, and then, of course, like later on, he, he becomes more like Cyborg, too. Uh, sure. Um, do you want to know a really fun fact about the uh, the person who wrote the movie? He had never seen a single previous Friday the 13th movie. Todd Farmer? Yeah. Is, I guess, is the, the director also the writer? No, Todd Farmer. Um, Jim Isaac directed it and Todd Farmer wrote it. I'm pretty sure Todd Farmer... And I'll look this up and we'll, I'll like, you know, and I'll, I'll get to it when I find it. I'm pretty sure Todd Farmer is also the bald guy when they're doing the virtual reality game thing, whenever it's him and that fucking stoner kid, which by the way, it's so funny that this is a team full of scientists and there's just some random fucking stoner kid, the same actor who was in, it takes two with the Olsen twins and he's a part of the fucking shitty foster family yeah I hate, I, I hate that i know these weird facts um but i'm pretty sure that's todd farmer 
is the bald guy who looks like knockoff Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, he definitely looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's but yeah, so because you bring up Todd Farmer, uh, he's like he's a screenwriter, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And he had never seen a single Friday the Thirteenth movie before Jason X. No, and he later wrote The Messengers, uh, the remake of My Bloody Valentine. Like he, he's known for his work in the horror genre. Okay, it might be the director. Um, it's either the writer or the director who's in the movie. But yes, oh, I didn't know he did the. Well, I didn't realize he did the remake for My Bloody Valentine, which is an excellent remake. Yeah. Um, I was not aware of that though. That's really cool. But anyways, it's just really funny to me that at least the writer um, was not previously familiar with the, anything. The director of this um, also did the special effects on Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Andy did the special effects on Look Who's Talking too. I've totally forgot about that movie and look who's talking now. Um, <laughs> so he has, he has a, he has a weird career because he did the special effects on return of the Jedi gremlins house two. Um, I love house two. That's one we'll have to talk about. I feel like that's to me an extremely underrated. Yeah. Um, extremely uh, he underrated. did the special effects for arachnophobia. That's getting a remake, which yeah, Hannah, Hannah's not excited because she's extremely arachnophobic. Right. I can't remember who's doing it, but I feel like it's someone I've heard of that's, I don't know. Yeah, but but yeah, Jason X, uh, for me, this, I mean, this, we have gone well into stupid by this point. Like, we, we've gone well beyond, like, you know, Jason Goes to Hell was just ridiculous. So, like, I give a lot of leeway to this movie. Um, I don't necessarily always enjoy it. I gotta be in a particular mood to watch yeah. like Jason X. Yeah, same, same here. I can't just hippity hop into it. I have to yeah. be in the mood for like something that is definitely um cheesy. It's really corny, but I mean it's if you're yeah, it's Todd Farmer. Okay, I'm just really quick to confirm Todd Farmer is in the movie. Um but yeah, I agree. I have to be into. It's kind of like whenever I watch Jack Frost, how I make it kind of like a drinking game event sort of thing. Like I have to yeah. be in the mood. So I get what you mean. But yeah, so it, it, I, that's that's my big thing. It's like I don't mind. I don't hate watching it. Um, I just got to be in the mood for it, and it's not ever really my first choice when going to a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yes. Yeah, I, I will be I will say this. Um I, I am dying to play this version of Jason in the game. Uh which unfortunately I don't think will ever happen, but no, someone would have to buy it and Sean S. Cunningham would have to get his fucking head out of his own ass and uh so fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just neither of those are gonna happen. Uh mainly the one that won't happen is Sean Cunningham getting his head out of his own ass. That's that's just you know. Honestly, like if I want to get dark, we like if the game makes it long enough, if it if it doesn't crash or anything and Sean Cunningham dies, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll get it then. But we're not gonna get it while he is got a grip on this franchise. Uh, right. Which, I mean, I'm surprised that he let Crystal Lake 
you know the the prequel series coming happen i'm so excited for that just because well more so when i saw um kevin williamson's name attached to it so i'm really excited to see how that would turn out to see like a kevin yeah. williams kevin williamson um influenced friday the 13th yeah you know, yeah yeah that'll be, that'll be interesting yeah yeah all right let's get into this so okay uh so the last time we leave jason like what is it it's it's well it's like almost 2000 or into 2000s yeah i don't know if it's exactly 2000 i mean i get that's why they call it well it's not what i'm so sorry that's not why they call it jason x i i always associated x with 2000 for some reason so in my head i'm like yeah it's x because of 2000 and i have to be like that's really stupid. I don't know why I say that. I don't, well, I don't know what my brain thinks. No, it's Jason X is for 10, right? Yeah, for 10, because it's the 10th one. Um, yeah. But um, all I know is that 445 years or uh, before <laughs> this movie, uh, Jason is cryogenically frozen. Um, and yeah. he is awoken in the year 2455. Of course he is. Uh, by a group of students. And then, of course, it's got to be a group of students because he needs people to uh, kill. Uh, <laughs> this is Kane Hodder's final portrayal of Jason until he reprised his role in the game. Yes. So this is it um, uh, for for Kane Hodder mainly until that game, which I mean. That's cool, but I mean, it's it's a it's a video game, right? Like he's just mainly doing the stunts, showing you know, like doing the the motions for for the video game and all that. Yeah, well, he's still technically acting because again, like you said, he's doing all the mocap stuff. Yeah. So it, it's it's not a it's not the it's not a film though. Um, no, you're no. who you see like Jason when you see him moving in the game. That's you know. And he's portraying Damn. a lot of other Jasons too. A lot of Jasons that were played by different people. Um, so, I mean, I would count that as acting in itself. Right. Um, um, oh, yeah. so so so, let's get into this plot. <laughs> a ripoff of Alien. It's literally that's what Todd Farmer said. This was supposed to be was fucking his Alien. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why not just? Jason versus, yeah, I mean, like you know, because he loves Alien, I guess, and he wants because it plays out basically the same way, pretty much as Alien does. Like a research yeah. vessel has a thing on board and it kills everybody. It's, I mean, that's really simplifying it, but you know. All right, so in two thousand eight, mass murderer. Jason Voorhees is captured by the United States government, another mass murdering organization, ironically, uh, and is held at Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility. Just just hold the fuck up a second. I love how it went from just camp to a research facility. Yeah. That's such a insane jump of of like the the evolution of this place you know i oh, yeah. no one would ever if somebody had a bingo sheet or like they were guessing you know what it 
Crystal Lake could ever like evolve into, no one would have ever guessed research facility. That's yeah. insane. So after numerous attempts, failed attempts to kill Jason over the following two years, so we get to 2010, government scientist Rowan LaFontaine suggests putting him in cryogenic stasis. Yeah, what could possibly fucking go wrong with that? Dr. Wimmer and Sergeant Marcus arrive with soldiers hoping to further research Jason's ability to heal from lethal wounds as they believe it involves rapid cellular regeneration that can be replicated. Jason breaks free of his restraints and murders the soldiers. Dr. Wimmer and Rowan lures him into a chirogenic pod and activates it, but he ruptures the pod with his machete, stabbing her in the abdomen. Chirogenic fluid spills into the sealed room, freezing them both. It's crazy Ooh. that there's enough like freezing stuff that is only supposed to be able to freeze things within that cylinder, that pod. But if you just cut it open, it can then freeze the whole room, the whole thing. Yeah. Wild. Crazy. Well, don't add logic to this. No, for sure. But that's fine. I, I don't feel like that's adding logic versus just a glare like a huge thing you know what i mean like a that's a, fair a gigantic like it's you know i can suspend my disbelief so far well, criticisms aside i like i said i it's fun it's funny by the way but we'll continue <laughs> something i've before i start reading this something i've figured out in the notes um of this is no one can figure out if this takes place 445 or 455 years later that is a two really? year gap <laughs> it's this is not prehistoric era like we should be you know in story everybody should know how many years it's been but yeah like some of the notes said 455 and, and some of them said 445 um, I'm going to stick because most of them said 445, so I'm going to stick with that. It might be 455. Um, Jason can't tell time, so I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Uh, 445 years later, Earth has become too polluted to support life, and humans have moved to a new planet, Earth 2. What could possibly go wrong with Earth 2? Um, on a field trip to Earth... Professor Brandon Lowe and his android companion, KM-14, intern Adrian <laughs> Thomas, and students Sunaron, Sunaron, Janessa, Azrael, Kinsa, Waylander, and Stoney explore the abandoned Crystal Lake research facility. Is Stoney the name of the fucking kid? Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. Let's not forget how much nipple stuff there is in this movie. There's a lot of like nipple related activities. In this oh, movie. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so finding them frozen, Jason and Rowan, you know, they find them frozen. They bring them aboard the spaceship, the Grendel. I wonder if that's, you know, a, a reference, but and uh, revive Rowan while leaving Jason in the morgue, believing him dead. Never believe Jason's dead. Of course, they don't know who Jason is either, but, you know. Well, he has an outlawed hockey mask on. They know that. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's just crazy how they know, like, hundreds of... It's crazy. That, 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 that's really smart, considering he's like, 
they outlawed hockey and I want to say they said like 2023. Um, but it's funny because I, I can't, I absolutely cannot name a sport from four to 500 years ago. Like one that was played that I would have no fucking idea. I mean, you know, like javelin throwing was played in ancient Greece. Uh, sure, sure. I just, uh, I imagine there's sports. Yeah, most that of I the, have no idea. Existed. Oh, yeah. Most of the Olympic stuff was played in ancient Greece, from what I understand. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they did. I'm assuming they, you know, were too busy. Most people were too busy tilling fields to, you know, play sports. <laughs> It was yeah, like, I suppose more, so. Pe- people always are nostalgic for the past, and I don't get it. The past fucking sucked. Okay, like the past was awful. You you would get like you you could like be living for fifteen years and just randomly get consumption and die. Like, it, and people would just be like, "Well, he got consumption," you know. And then there's no air conditioning, but bugs are everywhere. Like, ugh. yeah, I agree, hundred percent. You know, and that's not even adding to the, like the political strife of like you know slavery and, and wars and all that shit. Not that we don't have wars now, but like it was worse then. All right. Yeah. Adrian is ordered to dissect Jason's body, but but Rowan warns them of the danger, revealing Jason's nature and superhuman abilities. <laughs> Lo, who is in serious debt, calls his financial backer. Dieter Perez on the nearby space station Solaris. Perez recognizes Jason's name and notes his body could could interest a collector. <laughs> a collect. Some guys are like, "Yeah, I want to own Jason Voorhees." Yeah, it's the guy that seems really really skeezy too. Yeah. While Stony and Kinza have sex, <laughs> Jason awakens and attacks Adrian freezing her face with liquid nitrogen before smashing her head into pieces on the counter. Jason takes a machete-shaped surgical tool and kills Stoney in front of Kenza. Sergeant Brodsky, well, that he sounds like a frat boy. What's up, Brodsky? Uh, leads a group of soldiers to attack Jason. I just want to say, I remember maybe three of these names from this movie. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I, these are ones honest. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, really, there really aren't any of them except for just a few of the movies that I remember any of the uh, victims or main characters' names in them because they're just so. I mean, not the characters, but the names are so forgettable. So I wouldn't know who any of them are based on their name. I don't, I really don't think anyone does either unless they're just an insane like an obsessive friday the 13th fan which that's fine but um that kill though that kill though is one of the coolest friday the 13th kills i think yeah, uh, yeah. out of all the kills that exist that's def- that's definitely i would put it in my top 10 so Sergeant Brodsky man leads a group of soldiers to attack Jason. Jason interrupts a projected holographic game, breaking <laughs> Ezreal's back and bashing Dallas's skull. And he tries I wanna, to. What? I want to know how he saw the. I'm sorry. I want to know how he saw the the uh, monsters. Do what? How did he see like the? You know how like Jason killed one of the virtual monsters. How the fuck did he see it? Oh, who knows. 
Because the game was the the two other people had their headsets on or whatever. They had their VR shit on. So they they you literally wouldn't be able to see it unless you could see VR. Like, was that a new Jason superpower where he can see VR outside of VR? I mean, they've been adding superpowers to it. So I guess it could be. <laughs> yeah. He t- so he tries to attack Crutch, but Brodsky and his soldiers arrive. After Brodsky splits up his team, Jason kills them one by one. There's a lot of killing in this segment. Like, a lot of killing going on. Um, and, you know, we don't usually get, in, a, in the early Friday the 13th movies, we don't usually get early, like, you know, this is early on to mid part of the movie. And usually we don't get this many kills in a Friday the 13th movie this early on. Usually it's towards the end when the bloodbath really, really starts. Um, did, uh, did that one person get thrown onto the the screw thing? I can't remember yet. There's I don't just think pun. that's yet. Okay, there's a pun with that. <laughs> what they say, and it's, it's really funny. So Lowe Lo orders Pilot Lou to dock at Solaris. Jason kills Lou and the ship crashes through Solaris, destroying it and killing everyone aboard. Jason breaks into the lab, reclaims his machete, and decapitates Lowe. With the Grendel crippled, the survivors head for a shuttle while Sinaron upgrades KM-14. After, after crew member Crutch is electrocuted by Jason... Kenza panics and attempts to escape on her own, but forgets to release the shuttle's fuel line, causing it to crash into the ship and explode. Sinaron reappears with an upgraded KM-14 who wields weapons and combat and combat skills to stand a better chance against Jason. After having his right arm, left leg, and right ribs, uh, right ribs, and a part of his head blasted off by KM-14, his body is knocked into him. A nanite equipped medical station the survivors send a distress call and then send explosive charges to separate the ship's undamaged pontoon from the main section so there's a lot to unpack with what you just said yes um that is that is a huge amount couple things so it's just crazy how they destroyed like a whole space station and killed if you were doing a kill i think well here's the thing i don't know if if uh, James from um, the kill count did, if he included all the people in the space station on it, but um, that was a whole like community of people that died in that space station, like a massive amount of people. Yeah, that's um, something you usually see. <laughs> no, um, this movie is, uh, it's definitely... You know, it's it, it is horror. You know, we we talk about that all the time. It's like, you know, how, how but it's it's straying so far from. It's definitely horror. I'm not arguing that, but it's it's straying so far from what a Friday the Thirteenth movie has ever been that it's so like it just they do so many things that you usually don't see in Friday the Thirteenth movies like that. Uh, the nanites part as well it's so crazy how they don't only regenerate his flesh they like give him armor and i which is so weird um uh but <laughs> yeah and the, the whole like the you know i i 
kind of really enjoyed the part where the the uh, android sex bot lady complaining about her nipples <laughs> um, had like a Laura Croft, you know, Angelina Jolie, you know, shoot 'em up moment with Jason. Um, but yeah, and then also in that is the part I mentioned before. There was a bit where somebody fell in this looks like a big drill bit, and um, I don't. Somebody asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to think about somebody radioed in asking if that specific guy is okay and then the person responded with he's screwed which that message doesn't actually tell anybody anything it's like do you mean he's like in trouble or because that's what that means he's screwed like oh so he's in no i get that that is a pun obviously i mean that duh but a person over the radio isn't going to get the pun because they're not looking at it. It just, I, I hate that so much. Um, and also the fucking, the fucking, um, you know, the general commander leader, dude, the, um, the black guy who gets, you know, he's the same dude who gets uh, Sparta kicked into the well in 300. Um, he, he's like, you know, Jason, like, it, like I stabs him once. He goes, "It'll take." <laughs> such a funny line. He goes, "He goes, it'll take a lot more to put this old dog down." And then Jason like stabs him even harder. Goes, "Yep, that'll do it." And it's <laughs> so uns- it was like, "Oh, you can't get me." And it's like, "Okay," like it just it was meant to be a. I mean, I get where it was supposed to be clever, but it seems like that was played for comedy. But half the time, I can't tell when things are actually played for comedy. And when they're supposed to be serious and they're unintentionally funny, it's why bad. You know, I think this movie is mainly played for comedy. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely right on the nose, and I feel like that's why it's entertaining and not boring. Yeah, that's why I feel like to me um, something like Freddy versus or not for not Freddy versus Jason. Sorry, it's on my mind because we'll be talking about it. But uh, like part eight. It's kind of boring to me because I'm just like, okay. Or part three, a better example. It's just boring to me. This one is really fucking stupid, but it's definitely not boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, it's interesting <laughs> that you you brought up the. It, it was a few minutes ago, but you brought up that like this isn't what you usually get with a Friday the 13th movie in the movie before this one. It's also the same way. So I think it's actually pretty good that they don't call these Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. Cause they definitely play a lot. It's just different. Jason in random situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to it, the medical station nanites rebuild Jason who becomes a cyborg. With his new strength, Jason easily defeats KM-14 by punching her head off. As Sunaron recovers her still-functioning head, uh, Jason is stopped by Waylander, who sacrifices himself by setting off the charges while the others escape. Jason survives and punches a hole through the hull, causing Janessa to die in the vacuum, a power failure with the docking door forces Brodsky to go outside in an EVA suit to fix it. 
So, the, the, I mean, not a lot happens here, but the the big thing is that the the nanites rebuild Jason. So Jason at this point is now a cyborg. Yeah, he's he's essentially he's essentially just like Terminator. Yeah, he's basically a Terminator. I would honestly, I, I feel you know what that be. I'm really curious, you know, who could actually pit them together. I feel like he's. I feel like even cyborg Jason would still be less would have less integrity as far as like damage resistance than an actual Terminator is concerned. Oh, that's that's yeah, something because so. he's still fleshy, and I feel like a Terminator would be as equally as strong. I, that's something that we'll have to like figure out. Um, maybe that'll yeah. be a part of our uh, Scarefest booth next month. People like tell us who you think would wanted to fight uh jason uber jason or always like that i always liked his name there uber jason um (laughs) uber jason or like a t100 or whatever the designation is i think yeah yeah that that would be a good idea to do yeah be pretty, pretty cool all right so to distract jason a holographic simulation of Camp Crystal Lake is created with two virtual teenage girls. It's the pinnacle and, of the movie. It's a what? The pinnacle of the movie. This is like oh, the best part. Oh, yeah, it is. Yep. Jason realizes after he kills the girls, Jason realizes that he's been, uh, you know, he's been tricked. Um, just as the door is fixed, still in his EVA suit, Brodsky confronts Jason so the rest can escape. As they leave, the pontoon explodes, propelling Jason at high speed towards the survivors, Broski intercepts um, Jason's space flight and maneuvers them both toward the Earth 2's atmosphere, where they are both incinerated on atmospheric entry. Sunaron, Rowan, and KM-14 escape as Sunaron assures KM-14 that she will have a new body. On Earth 2, a pair of teenagers are by a lake when they see what they believe is a falling star. The teenagers go to investigate as Jason's charred mask sinks to the bottom of the lake. Now, th- th- I mean, this ending here apply- implies that there's going to be a Jason X2. Well, yeah, it's him terrorizing the... Um the next earth by the way um i want to mention real quick what kill happened within the hologram it was you know they were recreating the sleeping bag kill from part seven because yeah they did yeah yeah because uh, it was you know kane hotter slamming people in a, <laughs> but it was way more fun it was definitely played more for jokes this time around So let's get into production of this. Development of Jason X began in the late 1990s while Freddy vs. Jason was still in development hell. Yes. If you don't know what development hell is, development hell is just a place where movies that are uh, are not moving forward with any sort of production just go and hang out. It's like a, it's almost like a purgatory more than yeah. anything, but it is called development hell. That's what I was going to say. It's just purgatory for movies like... They're still there, but just they're at a standstill. Yeah. They're in neutral. Yeah. With Freddy versus Jason not moving forward, Jim Isaac and, and Sean S. Cunningham uh, decided they wanted to try another Friday the 13th film uh, to just keep interest going, um, you know, just to make sure that people didn't uh, forget Jason Voorhees, I guess. Um, 
The film was conceived by Todd Farmer, who plays Dallas in the film. Uh, yep. And it, <laughs> it was the it was the only pitch that he gave to the studio for the movie, having suggested to send Jason in space as a means to advance the film series. Hey man, what if we just put Jason in space? Where you go to put, the, you know, uh, Pinhead and Leprechaun? I mean, yeah, sequels always go to the big city in space. Those are the two places that they go to when they can't figure out what to do. You don't know what to do, space or the big city. That's 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 how it works. I don't make the we, rules. How about we put one in like the middle of nowhere, like the country? Freddy Krueger goes, you know, to the middle of nowhere. And, well, I don't know how that would work for him because he wouldn't. Would he be able to thrive on? I guess if it was like the middle of a nowhere, like middle of nowhere, like the entire town. It's. I mean, I know. He's already in a small town, but I just I would think it still has to be congested. Springwood gets bigger as it goes, though. Like, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, it does seem like it gets bigger. It's kind of like Camp Crystal Lake never seems the same ever. Yeah, no, they, the, they they have the biggest shore I've ever seen for a lake. <laughs> yeah, because you know you have the different filming locations, so yeah. you can't really help that. But I'm but. Um, yeah, it's but it's that it just seems like that's that's always been the trend. It's uh, you know the whole like especially for um, uh, mostly horror movie sequels to a, um, a big city or to space. I think space is more the prevalent one. But um, um, what can you do? Yeah, so let's get into box office. Uh, Jason X premiered in November 2001 in Spain uh, and was released in 2002, April 26, 2002, in the United States. Um, a theatrical trailer was released November 9, 2001, in the United States. The film made $13.1 million in the U.S. and $3.8 million internationally uh, for a worldwide gross of $16.9 million, becoming this is really one of the worst performing jason films yeah um and uh, jason takes manhattan and jason goes to hell both made 14.3 and 15.9 million so they did worse than this but this is in the bottom three um so uh critical response uh rotten tomatoes has an approval rating of 19 percent that's higher than i was expecting it to be honestly and the average metacritic rating is 3.8 um Roger Ebert, my favorite guy on the planet, <laughs> gave this film a 0.5 out of four stars. Quoting oh. the film's lines, quoting one of the film's lines, this sucks on so many levels. Roger Surprise. Ebert blows, though, so he can go to wonder where the half of the star came from. I don't know. Maybe it's like Letterboxd and he's just not allowed to have zero stars. <laughs> yeah, he has his own weird rule set up in front of him. Uh, I gotta get they made a movie, so I gotta give him 0.5. Maybe it's like one of like when you take one of those tests, you know, and and uh <laughs> just writing your name gets you like a point. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that yeah, I really like that idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was teased that there would be a cyborg Jason X incarnation for the video game as we discussed um, 
you know, uh, uh, there was a lawsuit going on. Victor Miller was, was you know, suing Sean S. Cunningham for his very, very much deserved rights. Um, and Sean S. Cunningham is to fully blame for this game falling the fuck apart. Um, yeah, it really, really blows. Because that would have been the coolest thing to see. Because not only do you have a Jason in the game, but be the first Jason maybe that would you would have that weird i would love to i would have loved to see that upgrade is all like to see how that works and the, the map would have been really 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 cool too because yeah it would have finally been a map that's not in a fucking forest and that's fine i don't hate the other ones because obviously it's friday the 13th but it would have been really awesome to see a different sort of environment yeah so yeah, I think it would have been fun. I think by this point, we would already have a uh, Jason X. Uh, we would have a, a Jason Goes to Hell type style thing, and then we would even have Freddy versus Jason, I think, if, if it weren't for uh, Sean S. Cunningham. Yeah, you think so? I think so. I think they would have kept putting stuff out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think by now they would already they would have stopped, and, and they would be well on their way to like they are now releasing texas chainsaw gotcha well yeah you know what i i I never thought about that because i was just thinking i was like well seems like dead by day which that's not a game i've ever i've played it a little bit but not very much um but i know dead like dead by daylight is kind of like the fort not as far as gameplay is concerned but the fortnite of horror movie properties because they they've they've acquired like every fucking major franchise character and they have it in their game which that's great um but i was thinking like how could they you know i was thinking like how would they have freddy in there but i guess gun media is developing a a texas chainsaw game and leatherface is absolutely in dead by daylight so i guess it's just one of those yeah they can share the um hopefully gun rights has got all their their you know t's crossed and i's dotted so yeah. they don't get sued again but hopefully um hopefully they're there again at scarefest this year but also toby hooper's dead so he is unfortunately and you have fucking uh the other dude kim hinkle making all the decisions yeah and, and like you said hopefully gun media is back at scarefest this year that way we can um you know i think the game is released this year so i would imagine yeah. that they would be um all right uh give your final ranking of jason x okay so i kind of want to give this to i want to say as far as like as a movie is concerned i'd give it like between a three and a four out of ten but if it's one but as far as like enjoyment and how much i like it i'd give it probably like a six and a half out of ten for um how fun i have with the movie so that's kind of that's how i would do it fair enough uh for my ranking it's gonna be a four out of ten uh i i enjoy it i like watching it um if for enjoyment i'd probably give it like a five and a half sure um it's not my favorite by any means uh but there are definitely worse ones in this franchise um all right moving on let's go to arguably what i think is the best one of the three we're talking tonight yes Uh, i agree let's move to freddy versus jason
Troy, what is your first thoughts on Freddy versus Jason? Um, I can't begin to describe how important this is as far as a movie is concerned, because regardless of what anybody really thinks about it, um, which I would argue that it is definitely amongst the better made um, entries in the franchise. You know, Ronnie, you directed it. And he also directed uh, Bride of Chucky. Um, and he did something else I can't recall, but you can't under, you can't undersell how important this movie is. And I feel like that's the first thing I think of when I think of this movie, because it's the first time in horror movie history, um, since, you know, the universal movie monster days. Well, that's, that's a, that's an oxymoron, I guess. It's the first time in slasher movie history where you have two, very, very, very popular characters in horror, and you have a very proper, you know, as good as it could be done movie that combines both of them equally. It's not, I don't, I can't look, it doesn't feel more like a Friday the 13th or more like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie to me. It feels like it is held equally by both of them and um again it, it's crazy that this could even happen with as you said before all the uh rewrites and the development hell that this movie went through um you know we can talk about all the kane hotter unfortunate nonsense that happened with this movie and everything but um there's other there's other crazy things that this movie has done to the franchise and we'll get into those but i just feel like this movie regardless of how much you may or may not like it um is definitely very important it's an important part of of horror movie history as a whole and that's kind of what i think about when i think about this movie yeah i i, I think of it also like you, you are right when you talk about like this does kind of do a throwback to like old um universal days um the classic monsters um and i do think that like if they would have had their way they would have kept going and 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 had like you know michael myers show up and eventually and, and, and I, i'm glad they didn't personally right but, like, like um but i mean the same guy that made brighter chucky made this and brighter chucky has like all kinds of references to other- <laughs> yeah i really like bride of chucky um yeah at at the beginning when they're at the evidence locker yeah yeah, you see see the mask you see yeah yeah um so i think they would have continued going on if they could have everybody was dying for it everybody was everybody was being like what could they do next they could do pinhead versus like weird ones pinhead versus chucky or uh, it was like Pinhead versus someone. Yeah, Leatherface um, versus Ash. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And we did kind of get that sort of in comic book form, which I'm pretty sure those in some way are canon. I'm pretty sure it isn't. I'm pretty sure in some way, shape or form, Evil Dead is in somewhat canon with Friday the 13th because the Necronomicon was in jason goes to hell i think so, so yeah. jason's a deadite or something like that there's people that are more yeah. bigger fans more bigger fans that's wow i promise i don't sound that dumb all the time 
Bigger no, fans. Yeah, you're right though. Like <laughs> that would know. I think technically, but also like I count them as separate. Sure. I I, I never think of like it's not something uh you know, I'm talking to somebody about Friday the 13th and like, oh, you mean he's a de-? like, I don't do that. Like, oh, you mean he's, he's a not deadite? A I'm not going to call him a deadite. He's I'm not a, either. He's Jason Voorhees. Uh, real quick, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to pause recording. Sounds good. All right. So, yeah, what I think of this movie, uh, <laughs> I love this movie. Um, I have a few complaints, which we'll get into. Uh, but I think. Uh, for it being a crossover shared universe film, Freddy versus Jason, when it comes to slasher monsters, is probably about as good as we could possibly ever hope for. Yeah, I feel uh, like it's <laughs> very solid. Absolutely. Yeah, and and with all of its development hell and everything going on, I'm 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 super glad that it is as good as it is. Um, production wise, it's one of the better ones for both Freddy and Jason. Um, both have their their gems, obviously that are better than these. But you know, by this point, we've already gone through Freddy's dead, and and you know, Jason goes to hell, and all this, and and this is this is refreshing, right? Um, so yeah, I I enjoy this film quite a bit. Um, so let's get into it. Um, so <laughs> doing the notes, there were more notes on the development and uh casting jason then there were the actual plot um, yeah i mean that makes sense though don't get me wrong there's this movie would be fun to talk about as far as like what happens but yeah the development and everything because i don't know exactly what like how many rewrites there were but i know there were so many different submitted screenplays for this fucking movie yeah. like there were so many I, I i don't like i said i don't remember how many but i just remember hearing that there were so fucking many yeah. sent in for this movie and then that it's one of those movies too where i there's there's those there's particular horror movies that have such rich history that you know the movie is made but if you knew anything what went behind getting it made and what had to happen i feel like is nearly as interesting as the movie and this is definitely yeah definitely one of those movies for sure and i, I kind of wanted to focus our time on that on the on the on the casting with jason and the development so that's what everybody talks about yeah, yeah. so what i was going to ask you troy is to give us about a minute minute and a half synopsis of the plot of freddy versus jason okay um give me one second here i'll tell you what i'll do uh <laughs> let's see if i can keep this in a minute just you mean like from start to finish start to finish all right and go so the movie starts off with um just i think okay yeah it starts off with uh with jason and um or no, it starts off with like the montage and everything, does it? Shit. You know what? I'm stop that. Let me start over. The movie starts off with somebody running away from Jason. Jason catches up, kills her, and then is told that he needs to go to Springfield or Springfield, Springwood, and um, terrorize the kids there. You find out it's Freddy and Freddy can't come back because he's not so powerful people don't remember him because they're taking the hypnosil and then jason gets there causes havoc 
reminds everybody. Um, there's a lot of really cool scenes between there. Um, Jason and Freddie kind of fight in a dream that Jason is having um, because he's knocked out by the stoner guy and then he wakes up and then they have they go to Camp Crystal Lake where they have their big, big, big brawl, which it's really good. It was long and it was full of action and it had a really satisfying ending. But they get to the end of it and they're on a dock and gasoline is everywhere and this uh, hilariously large propane tank which i guess would be that, that big for a camp or whatever but anyways um in a final battle freddie gets impaled with his own arm and jason gets like uh, i know he gets his fingers chopped off i don't remember it's stabbed in the throat or the neck or something um but they're both severely injured and they fall in the water after the, everything blows up. Everything seems to go well. And then Jason walks out of the water with a decapitated Freddy. Um, and then Freddy's eye blinks and the movie's over implying that Freddy's not dead. Maybe implying there's going to be another movie. Yeah. If Freddy doesn't die in the movie called Freddy's dead, um, he's, he's, he's <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah. And, and mind <laughs> you, there's a lot of, a lot of awesome things throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Some lines, some lines are really kind of corny, don't hit. But um, and, and there is a use of the F slur in this, which is uh, severely outdated. Yes, yeah. There's it's one of those things it came out in 2003, and unfortunately, it was very normal to have dialogue like that in movies. Case in point, like if you ever watch uh, Cabin Fever, it's like riddled with that. I feel like yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, that's the ba the base of the movie. It's literally yeah. Freddy versus Jason. All right. Well, let's get into development of this because who boy, um, influenced by a fan desire for a crossover film with a fight between Freddy and Jason. Yes. New Line Cinema and Paramount Pictures tried to make Freddy versus Jason in 1987. So this is long before, like, you know a good portion of the franchise was made right um frank mancuso jr haven't heard that name in a minute um enlisted tom mclaughlin haven't heard that name in a minute either to unite the studios but no agreement could be made when friday the 13th jason takes manhattan failed at the box office sean s cunningham wanted to reacquire the rights to friday the 13th and began working with new line cinema on freddy versus jason Paramount and New Line wanted the license to the other's characters so they could control the crossover film. Negotiations on the project collapsed and Paramount made Jason Takes Manhattan after Friday the 13th. Okay, after Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan was the released in 1989. The rights reverted um, back to the people who sold New Line. Uh, and, and it just gets into like this huge you know, mess of a legal battle um, between these two. Um, Sean S. Cunningham loves being in legal battles, apparently. Um, but no one, basically the whole point is no one could ever agree between the two. Like, okay, here's how we're going to do this. Uh, you know, and it was a tug of war between the two. Um, so do you have, do you have thoughts on that early tug of war? Um, I wasn't too aware of uh, all the stuff that was 
going on. Like, I guess it, it didn't occur to me that it was going on, uh, you know, back all that time, although that makes sense. You know, it makes me think it seems like, you know, I, this is why this is why we should be truly thankful for stuff like like Scream and just Wes Craven in general is because if we didn't have, if we didn't have, you know, a revival that he provided us that he created, I feel like so many movies would be dead in the water. Obviously this had trouble getting made. It had a lot of trouble from all the way back in 1987 until, you know, the early 2000s when it finally hit production. But um, I feel like it makes me think of the movies that really made a difference. And so we wouldn't have a lot of these movies to talk about if it weren't for, um, weren't for those. And so I, I, it makes me thankful for those movies. Also, um, yeah, as far as those legal battles, it, it kind of makes me think of um, uh, Halloween 6 because there it, it reminds me of a lot of like their legal battles that they had. Um, I don't know if you like recall the history behind that, but basically, you know, no one could figure out um, what to do with Halloween after five. Cause you know, dimension had just acquired it after that. And they went through like so many different scripts to try to get a Halloween movie made. Oh yeah. And oh, like, yeah. even like uh, even, um, Tarantino even threw in his hat for possibly directing it, which it didn't happen. That movie was going to be about the man in black and Michael Myers traveling across country to like a particular place out West. And they were killing people along the way. And from what I hear that, that idea formally turned into natural born killers. Yeah. Which is a better movie than what that would have been. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> 100%. But um, my, my, yeah. So it just, it reminds me of like kind of that development hell. And then, yeah. Oh God, the fucking, the tragedy that is that we got, uh, or we didn't get um, Kane Hodder. And instead we got, um, what's his name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ken, I mean, Kane Hodder. Ken, uh, what's, his, what's, do you know his name? Ken, um, Uh, Ken Kersinger. Yeah, Ken Kersinger. Kersinger? Kersinger? I think it's Kersinger. I think it's Kersinger. I don't know. Yep, that's it. Um, But yeah, like, yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a second. That was, I mean, I. Hotter says they're friends. Hotter does say that they are friends, but. Uh, Yeah, Hotter's not mad at him. Hotter is more bitter at the whole development in itself of course i would be too yeah i i i don't blame him in any capacity um so getting back into it so but cunningham actually got really close um in the very early 90s to making this movie like he got very very close um but before he could begin work on it wes craven returned to new line to make new nightmare and new line would like pulled the deal um to make new nightmare and i'm a huge fan of new nightmare so sure me too i think it's i think that's a good move and also new nightmare is a proto type to scream and it's possible that scream wouldn't have came out 
as fast without this whole system going on here. Um, or that Scream would have just been passed up because the, without the success of New Nightmare, maybe Scream wouldn't have been made. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm very thankful that New Line was just like, yeah, fuck you, we're going to make New Nightmare. Uh, because we, we ended up getting all three movies, and that's a better ending. Um, yeah, but this put Freddy versus Jason on hold. Cunningham was pissed. Apparently he was really mad for a little while at, at Craven for it. Craven does not give a shit um, about that. Um, uh, so that made Cunningham make Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday. Everybody's favorite. Uh, so in an interview with Fangoria, Craven was actually dismissive of the idea of Freddy versus Jason, saying it was something that had a lot of impact and dignity and dragging it down to another level. Now, here's the thing about Craven. Craven doesn't like sequels to his movies. Um, he never liked from two on of, you know, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, for I sure. I, I think he's wrong on, on certain levels on these. I think they're good. But Craven, I respect Craven. He's one of my favorite directors, so I respect his opinion on it. Um, I think he also learned a lesson here about, like, if, you know, slashers are going to be franchises if they're popular, which is why later on down the road, he was like, I'm going to direct every single Scream movie, no matter what. Um, of course, he died, and, and that prevented it from going on. But that was kind of, I think he, like, lesson learned with Friday or lesson learned with Nightmare, so now he moved on later on. But he did not like this idea for this movie. Of course, it wasn't his choice, so the development continued to creep along. Um, do you have a do you have a thoughts on what Craven thinks on that? Um, sure. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting to hear what he thinks. Uh, it's kind of one of those things that. Um, it's, it's fine that he has his opinions, but considering, considering the, you know, the movie itself is nothing like he would make. And it's, you know, those at that point night, at that point, you know, I consider Nightmare on Elm Street and, um, A New Nightmare, both very much Craven, um, unless I know he's directly attached um, I, I, you know, I enjoy Nightmare on Elm Street like I enjoy the other sequels without him attached. And it's kind of one of those things like absolutely respect his opinion. Um, love him as a filmmaker, but um, he can be as dismissive as he wants to or Sean Cunningham as well. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's it is what it is. I don't want to say anything disparaging against uh, Wes Craven. You know, he's no, definitely no, no, no. he's more entitled to those sorts of opinions versus anybody else, just as much as, as much as he's done for the genre, you know, I, there's nothing I can say. And, and my only argument back to that is that um, the, the impact of the first a nightmare on Elm street is a lot watered down by this point, it, you know, sure. Sure. Like if it were like a nightmare on Elm street was one movie, and Jason had gone all the way to Jason goes to hell and Jason X and they were going to blend them together. I can see maybe the argument, but we just got um, the last one before new nightmare had Roseanne Barr in it. So there, there's, there's nothing 
dignified about having Roseanne Barr screaming in your movie for 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so, you know, I respect Craven, but I do think that like he's a little he's a little bit on the wrong side of that argument. He's, yeah. he's entitled to it, but I do yeah. think um yeah. Um so the delays continued and Cunningham got even more frustrated. Um development of Freddy versus Jason just dragged and dragged and dragged. So he decided to create Jason X, the one we just talked about to keep the series alive. Based on Jason Takes Manhattan, the concept of taking Jason away from Crystal Lake, the 10th film put the character in space. I don't know where he was like, man, that was super successful. Let's do that again. Uh, but, you know, Jason X isn't bad, so uh, it is what it is. Um, the film lost its biggest supporter <laughs> with the resignation of the president of production, Michael DeLuca. Lack of support let the finished film sit for two years before being released. Uh, that's kind of a, a Jason X fact that I did not know. Um, hmm. But it's also, yeah, lowest grossing, whatever. Um, <laughs> There's some cool stuff that I feel like this movie did as far as hyping it up was yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, just being kind of like a legend since 1987 that they were working on it like that in itself was enough marketing for people to go to it well like do you recall that they did a las vegas like weigh-in for this movie as promo i don't remember that at all they had i swear to god it's even on imdb i just was reminded of it because i was actually trying to get some freddy versus jason info and I just typed in, I don't know why, Freddie Jason, and it pulled up a bunch of different things with that the title. And it said, Freddie versus Jason weigh in in Las Vegas. I said, wait a minute, I totally remember that. Just like you would have like a world heavyweight match and you would have the, you know, they a weigh in where they get up in front of the, you know, the, the, two, the two opponents get up in front of an audience and they stand on the scales. And then, you know, they do the whole thing where they're behind two tables and they walk up to each other and kind of, you know, glare at each other. You know what I'm talking about? Like a, yeah, 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 yeah. But they do that in costume. Like Freddie and Jason do that in costume at a real live actual event. Like it's Robert England and Ken Kersinger in, co in costume as Freddie and Jason huh. do a, a live action weigh-in. And it's a, for a, a promo for the movie. It is bonkers how much this was just like totally pushed so as far as you know it having all of the history behind it which i feel like a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know until later because i feel like that's not exactly known that wouldn't have been known information until it like there were there would have been um ways to find that out like even in the maybe during the early years of the internet which would have been when it came out but i feel like even past there would be known to later interesting um, yeah but um but uh yeah it's crazy just the marketing and one other thing that i would consider the jason in this movie to be the most overused image or likeness of Jason versus any other Jason in any of the other Friday the 13th. Yeah. If I if I ever see any, if I ever see anything regarding 
Jason outside of Friday the 13th. That's somebody, you know, saying, who look at, look at me, draw Jason, the Jason, they always draw inspiration for, yeah. for anything is, is the, is the one with, you know, he's, <laughs> I don't yeah. say he's the black Jason, but his skin is like black and necrotic, I guess, yeah. but he has the, the one droopy eye and he has the, the tattered, jacket on and the tattered clothes and he's not my favorite look of jason but for whatever reason that is the one fucking jason that has the most popular likeness of any of them and i went through um a couple years ago and i was like here are my ranked jasons that i think are the best looking ones to the worst ones and i just hate the ones that have hair that's the inconsistency about the Jasons and some of them have hair and some of them don't. Yeah. This is one that has hair and I fucking hate it. That's one know. where like almost like a showrunner for a film, like, you know, someone that's a producer that controls everything would have benefited. Sean Cunningham did not do that. He, he, yeah. did, he, he did not care as long as he was raking in money. Um, so you want a list of people who turned down directing this movie please yeah i can imagine there's very many uh so goyer returns uh later to trim out the fat from the script but turned down directing wes craven turned it down uh guillermo del toro got offered it and a good sum of money and turned it down um ronnie you who we all knew eventually would go to direct it declined it at the time rob zombie turned down the film in favor of house of a thousand corpses honestly i would have really liked to see his because i yeah. imagine the same energy he gave house of a thousand corpses to freddy versus jason yeah Holy i would shit. love to see that but also at the same time i was like who who was like yeah rob zombie should do this film that's been working for over 10 years he'd never yeah. made a movie yet like like but i get it also at the same time i'm like hell yeah dude that would have been would have been fun as hell yeah um eventually um uh john balaguerro I'm, I'm butchering that name he campaigned to direct the film but eventually you would uh sign on to direct it uh wait who john what's his name j-a-u-m-e-b-a-l-a-g-u-e-r-o He's he's a Spanish film director, the Rec series. Oh, oh! I wonder if you say his name like Hami. There's what I think of. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I butchered that name. So well, like it, the other one that I pull up below him says Jamie, but like the Blue Beetle from the like the comic books, his name's yeah. pronounced Jaime. So I'm always, but I get what you mean. Um, I I don't I, have, I don't know how to pronounce it either. I have no idea. I, no, I, I tried, know. but. Yeah, so he's from the Rex series. Uh, but yeah, so you would later go on to say that there were several endings considered for the film. One involves Pinhead showing up at the end. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't aware of that, but that seems pretty par for the course. Yeah, um, but New Line was too cheap and did not want to secure the rights for the character. So um, likely that Clive Barker saved us from that ending. Um, in 1999, Robert England officially signed on to the film, making his eighth appearance of the character Freddy Krueger. Um, 
and then uh there was reveals that you know the main people were being added to it people like kelly Rowland, um jesse hutch brendan fletcher um so yeah but they tried to get betsy palmer to come back but she declined she wanted to be paid more yeah i mean i don't i don't blame her i mean she would have only been in it for a very short yeah. time zach ward was in it he's uh really well known as um uh scott farkas yep and uh, he he would be in a show that i like and he's also like he's a favorite um for uh freddy krueger later on after you know england can't do it anymore i could absolutely see him as freddy krueger like he's you know absolutely a lot um yeah he's also he's real fun um so yeah so let's go ahead and get into uh what we've kind of been hinting around um the casting of jason in this movie Mm -hmm. um so everybody just assumed and believed that hotter was going to be jason in this yeah um and this is one of the only times you can ring a bell for this i agree with sean cunningham uh cunningham campaigned hard when when new line was like no we need jason to have a fresh start uh cunningham was like no that's a terrible idea um he's the best choice i do agree that hotter was the best choice um and all the way to the point where hotter was handed the script and met with the director um and they went with ken kersinger there's nothing wrong with ken kersinger it's just he's not who i thought was the best choice Um, yeah i think that's kind of everybody agrees with that everybody everybody wanted the yeah, there's a lot of bitterness with this. Uh, Kane Hodder is still bitter to this day. Um, you sure? I don't understand why people. I think people are just rude and do it, and people will come up to him and ask for him to sign Freddy versus Jason stuff. Um, oh, I was a part of a panel. I, I was said I wasn't part of it. I was in. I was sitting in the sitting through a panel in Horror Hound, and Hodder was there. I don't know what he was talking about. It might have been a Friday the 13th movie. Um, I can't recall. Probably was. Um, somebody straight in the Q&A, somebody straight up asked him. Now, here's the thing. I think the kid who asked, because it was a kid, it was somebody who looked like he was 12 or 13, or maybe, four, maybe 14, 15. That's different straight up asked him why he wasn't in the movie. And then I, 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 I Hotter acted very hostile, but I'm pretty sure it was in a joking way. But I, I feel like I heard people in the audience like, you can't fucking ask him that. Don't fucking ask him why he wasn't in the movie. And then Hotter actually went on to explain why he wasn't in the movie or rather that, you know, his disdain for basically just being forgotten about by new line yeah yeah it's all new line and he does not like new line because of it and i don't blame him but yeah i don't blame him either yeah, but people will be like huh it'll be real funny if we bring up this poster of freddie versus jason getting to sign it and it's like or you know this guy's like four times your size man uh so if he like punches you and your head spins around like daffy duck and he's you, gonna pull up um, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna deserve it sorry he's gonna pull a part eight <laughs> boxing that guy (laughs) (laughs) um filming for freddy versus jason began 
uh, on September 9th, 2002, ended in December 10th, 2002. It's a rather long shoot. Um, so there's there's the one filming fact that I have. There's not a lot on the actual production itself. Um, most of the facts are on, you know, Kane Hodder and, and, and the, the development hell that it took. Um, the film was released on VHS and DVD as part of New Line's Platinum series on January 13th, 2004. So this film was first conceived of in 1987, right? Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan was president of the United States and it's released in 2004. That is a long time to have a movie just waiting. Um, so that release happened. Um, box office, Freddy versus Jason um, did way, 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 way better than the last few uh, Friday the 13th or Nightmare movies. Oh, yeah. It grossed 82.6 million in the United States and Canada and 34 million um, in other nations. Yeah, it did gangbusters. Yeah. Uh, here yeah so it made 116 million against a production budget of 30 million so it is it it is a very successful movie um it earned 36.4 million in its opening weekend um funny enough that's right around the amount that megan had gotten megan did like really well in its first weekend i'm probably gonna i I think i will see it i'm gonna try to give it a chance because i feel like people i've heard a lot of i won't start talking about megan but I I feel like I'll probably try to give it a chance as much as I feel like I was hating on it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, we saw it. It's fine. Is it? I mean, it, it, it looked fine. like it could be all right. It's fine. It's PG-13 killer doll movie. Um, okay. There's a lot of references to... There's a couple of references to Chucky. There's a couple of references to Terminator. Um, <laughs> but it is. Okay. It is exactly what you thought it would be. Um, but yeah. May May Thregan is is okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Response. Uh, Freddy versus Jason on Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating of forty two percent. I believe that is low. That is low, but that's higher. That if I'm being honest with you, that's a lot higher than a lot of the other Friday the Thirteenth movies are concerned. Oh yeah. No, yeah. So it's not like a a bit. Yeah. I mean, yes, low, but um. Um, so it also has a B plus average on cinema score. Um, I didn't know this black flame published a novelization of the film in July 29th, 2003. <laughs> I forget that novelizations of the shit get put out. Like there's novelizations oh, yeah. of like a bunch of Halloween movies. There's a novelization of the yeah. like Halloween kills. Oh yeah. There's or, a or ends. I have a novelization of Halloween four over there. Yeah. There's an, yeah. I, I'm aware yeah. of that too. You cannot find the original novelization of the original Halloween. Like you can find it, but it's like four hundred dollars for the book. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, you, I got a PDF of it. <laughs> I mean, reason. that's good enough. I mean, that's good enough. I'm, cur- I'm kind of curious about it, honestly. Yeah. So, give me your final thoughts on Freddy versus Jason and a rake. Okay. So, my final thoughts are that. Um, this is honestly this may be the most important um friday the 13th film in the franchise um the history behind it is uh really interesting and um 
there's a lot there. Definitely a lot we didn't cover because if anybody can go back and watch like that six hour Friday the 13th documentary or like oh, yeah. Elmster documentaries. Oh yeah. Um, but also it's not only for the history of the production, but the fact that this movie exists at all, that it was a successfully made, um, you know, versus movie that was honestly really well done as a, you know, pitting two um, horror movie franchise villains together like that. Like, again, we haven't seen that since like fucking Frankenstein versus Dracula or, you know, or like Abbott and Costello movies. Dracula or whatever. Yeah. But I yeah. Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> um, but no, so I, I can't, I, I can't, un, I can't um, say enough how uh, aside from that, how much I actually enjoy this movie. Um, if, as far as a ranking is concerned, um, I'd give this one a seven and a half out of 10 in the right. grand scheme of my rankings, by the way, are for the franchise, not as far as like, um, like as far as like a movies, cause I'm giving like in the entire franchise it's self-contained. It's about, it's a yeah, seven yeah, and yeah. five out of the entire franchise. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, for me, I love this movie, but I'm also very thankful that this movie like took forever to get made. Um, yeah, I think it hyped it up more, but I think it also lived up to his hype. And I also think that a lot of really good movies got made um, in its stead, like New Nightmare um, and things like that. So I think it's really important that this movie didn't get made when it needed to be made. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's fun. Uh, there's a few things that we've discussed that are a little outdated, but it was made in the early 2000s. I really like early 2000s horror, um, for, you know, that, that 2000 to 2008, nine era. Um, I think it's an interesting time for horror. Um, and this movie just really adds to that interesting time because no one thought this movie was actually going to get made. And then everybody was like, okay, we got to go see this. But I don't, from what I've read, most people didn't think it was actually going to be good <laughs> they thought it was going to be a mess nobody knew what the script was going to be no one knew which script they were using so uh the fact that it turned out as good as it did is a testament to uh everybody who worked on it and made it and the director himself uh ronnie you my ranking overall for the franchise is is a six and a half seven out of ten my ranking for the movie in itself is a seven and a half out of ten Sounds All right, good. we are here, man. We are here. We finally made it to the final Friday the Thirteenth movie so far. Yeah, I think uh, it's gone gone a lot quicker than I was expecting it to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It also took six months to get here, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's our own. It's our own development hell. Hey, oh my God. Hey, we will, <laughs> we will never have this problem again. I will develop a better system for franchise talk. Oh, I um, think it's gone fine. It's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh,
Croy, give us your opening thoughts of this one. Friday the 13th, 2009. So this movie's grown on me. I I got a chance to see this in theaters. Um, and I remember I, I went to see it on a date. I also think I remember this very vividly because I lost my iPod touch at the time and I'm still not over it. Um, early 2000s thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember the iPod fucking touch. Uh, um, but I remember this coming out. And at the time, if I'm being honest with you, I was not really at all familiar with Friday the 13th. Um, the only franchise I had ever spent time really having an interest in was Halloween. And so I knew a lot about Halloween and I knew a brief small ish bit about Friday the 13th. Like I, I had at that point seen the first one many times, but I really, I hadn't dove into the sequels. So, you know, it was a different watch for me. And then I feel like fast forward, maybe three or four, five years, um, I kind of had this, this, I had this really shitty mindset. I was kind of going through a, you know, new horror movie fan phase. And I was like, I was in the position where I'm like, oh, I hate remakes. Remakes suck. And I was like, Friday the 13th remake sucks. And then, you know, eventually I, you know, I've, I've evolved to a point where um, I'm a lot more relaxed about so many things, including horror movie remakes. I don't think horror movie remakes Growing suck. Up. Growing to liking remakes or or being okay with remakes is an important step in movie yes. maturity. It's okay to not like a movie. That's not you know, and I don't think that's Absolutely. yeah. We're you know, and that's that's not what we're saying or anything. But I agree with you a hundred percent that I feel like you to dislike a movie because before you even really really give it a chance, like. You can you can have a I feel like you shouldn't really give an opinion on a movie unless you are willing to sit down and really see if you would be receptive to it before you really give your opinion. And I'm really guilty of a lot, you know, there's like Megan, for instance, I kind of ragged on it. But after thinking about it for a little bit, like you know what, maybe I want to give it a try. I might be interested. Um, I'm more receptive to it. But. Um, I, was always, I was always gonna watch Megan. I was just like, eh, "Fuck it, this is gonna be, you know, this is not gonna sure. make any top list, whatever." But like, it's no, be, that's no. a killer doll Blumhouse movie. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> no, but as far as this movie's concerned, as of the last, I'd say two or three years, I, I've actually grown. Um, not, it's not my favorite of the franchise, but as far as a remake is concerned, I know this is on one of our hot takes episodes. Um, as far as enjoyment is concerned, I enjoy this more so than you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna backtrack what I said before about enjoying this more than the Halloween remake. I enjoy this more than the second half of the Halloween remake, and the because the the first half that have the Halloween remake, as much as people want to disagree on their philosophy on Michael Myers. I feel as if um, that at least the first half did different things. And we're not here to talk about that. But, yeah. You talk about the zombie um, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that's, that's, you get, but the second half of that movie, I feel like was basically for better or worse, nearly shot for shot remake shit 
for it was weird. I was like, I don't like that. Anyways, see, anyways. I really I, I liked zombies. We, we can get into this. I like zombies remake of Halloween better than this. I recently just sure. popped in the blue for this uh, mm-hmm. a couple about a day ago. Um and still kind of felt the same way I felt before. I was like, eh, it's not my not my thing, but I'll I'll get into that in a second. Um but um yeah, I do have my gripes about this movie for sure. We'll get into those, but as far as my first impression on it is concerned, um all I can say is is I watched it, I thought it was okay, then I thought I hated it, but I have grown to like it more, especially in the grand scheme of Friday the 13th sequels, I feel like it is a pretty ad- adequate Friday the 13th sequel versus a lot of the other previous ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, there's things that I really like about this movie, and then there's things that I just don't like at all. Um, and, and, and we were just, I was just saying that I like the Halloween remake quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I think it does something different um, with Michael like sure. michael's not just this mystery like you you see michael develop um and and to me that was interesting uh here for friday the 13th what i really really liked um was you didn't just have jason there like at the very beginning you see mrs Voorhees, you see the ending of friday the 13th right the the you know original story and then it goes to the next one the next uh crew and you get bag jason um mm-hmm. but he doesn't i mean he's always using a machete or whatever and that that's fine um and then and, and, you know su- surprise all these kids get killed um and then you goes to the next round of people and you see him get his hockey mask and i was like okay this is really cool you're seeing him develop faster um they're not wasting time doing a remake of uh pamela Voorhees, you know uh, we're we're gonna get Jason, and I think that that was a good a uh, good approach, in my opinion. Yeah, they could. Combined... I'd love to see a, a a Pamela Voorhees remake. That would be interesting. No, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, so... it seems like they combined the movies. Like combined, they didn't just remake the first movie. Obviously. No, they remade the first three. Really? Yeah, or even going into four, you could say they even had a you know because of the you know the. Uh, the brother looking for his sister plot that's directly from four so yeah it's like oh, they take, yeah. the, take the first four movies and I, I what i my actually my favorite part about the movie is probably the beginning i love the jason had a fucking crop of just as the kids say the zaza that's the new term for the cannabis for the weed the grass it is the zaza no jason had just a fucking just a whole plot of of weed and i like i like that whole sequence um kind of the whole sleeping bag kill was seemed like an updated um um version of the cane hotter one except it's like Sleeping bag roasting over an open fire. <laughs> um, sleeping bag roasting. But I did like that it didn't. It t- it wasted no time. It was like we basically know what's happened in the first one, and it just did a very quick recap. And I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You see, Mrs. Voorhees. You see, part two for um what 15, 20 minutes, and then it's it's in, it's in. 
I don't even think it's that long, uh, but they like they. I mean, they set you up with these characters, and then he quickly comes in and, and dispatches of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's it's still not my favorite uh movie on the planet. Uh, the director who made this, uh, his name is Marcus Nispel. Mm-hmm. He also made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, which I absolutely love. So, uh, you know. I, I still think that this guy is good at making beloved franchise remakes. Uh, I just don't think that I think there's parts of this that I just didn't really like that much. Sure. Um, you you know what? I have another. No, it's not controversial. I can't just keep saying that everything's controversial. I like the bag version of Jason in this movie way more than I like his mask version. I think his bag yeah. sack version is so much scarier. Yep than his mask version i don't know what it is about the mask in the movie it's something about jason's that have hair i don't know what the fuck it is that i don't like about that but i really don't like jason's that fucking have hair and the sack over his head is a more you know it gave me vibes of how he was in two and how he wasn't just a you know a cold-blooded killer how he kind of was you know kind of a madman in the woods sort of guy you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah he's, I know what you mean. he's not he's not just he's not just like cold and calculating. He's kind of like a wild man, sort of. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the plot of this. The plot is is pretty straightforward once you get to it. Yeah. Um, on Friday, June 13th, 1980, a young Jason Voorhees watches his mother, Pamela, as she is beheaded by a camp counselor now this uh this here right here like you you don't ever see this in the first friday the 13th because obviously they were not planning ever having jason as the killer right so i I really enjoy watching this happen um because you you're seeing something that that wasn't developed um enough for the original so i i really really like that opening i think it's really good um so uh almost 30 years later five friends wade richie his girlfriend amanda mike and his girlfriend whitney arrive for a camping trip at crystal lake where they hope to find a crop of marijuana growing in the woods good luck um that night an adult jason kills everyone except whitney whom he captures and as <laughs> she resembles his mother at a young age so you got the whole yep. pretending so, to be the mother thing yeah not only the sack that part is you know that's what that's the part two bit you know people don't realize this part yeah six weeks later trent his girlfriend jenna and friends chelsea Bree, chewy nolan and lawrence arrive at trent's summer cabin on the shore of crystal lake meanwhile whitney's brothers clay miller arrives at the lake to search for her despite his local sheriff's pleas to look elsewhere clay miller i wonder if his last name is like a victor miller tribute you know i wouldn't put it past um the directors that honestly yeah he's the main guy so yeah uh clay visit visits trent's cabin and jenna agrees to help him search for uh whitney chelsea and nolan go wakeboarding on the leg and jason kills nolan with an arrow and then Faley stabs chelsea okay uh with his machete 
Chelsea also is the one skiing. She gets smacked in the head with the boat, which feels way more painful than the stabbing. Yeah, that's that. It it did seem mean. It was it definitely not something you usually see because usually kills are very straightforward in, in um, Friday the Thirteenth. So it's kind yeah. of and the arrow to the to uh, uh, Nolan's head is very classic, Jason. Yes. That's, yeah. Um. So really quick, I just just because I feel like this is this is probably the coolest thing about this movie, in my opinion. So. Um, the, the asshole dude, the one who owns a cabin, that's Nolan, right? I think so. Or is that Trent or Trent is the one. No, yeah, it's Trent. Okay. So there's a character in, there's a character in, um, the very first Transformers movie with Shia LaBeouf. His name is Trent. Interesting. Played by the same actor. And this actor is like, I'm just going to change my fucking name to Trent. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that Platinum Dunes is Michael Bay's production company. Oh, well, that's just all Michael Bay's doing. So, well, you have, you know, and you have basically Michael Bay's is in some way attached with both this movie and um transformers so i feel like it was made canon that trent from transformers is the same trent from the friday the 13th remake which means that jason Voorhees and transformers exist in the same universe i'm gonna just pretend that's not a thing (laughs) (laughs) oh that's one thing i meant to to say is that um that's a platinum dunes i had this i have i had this insane hatred for platinum dunes michael bay's production company that would do horror movies because whenever he did a texas chainsaw michael bay is like i'm literally just doing this i'm literally making this happen to make money i'm sitting here like if that ain't the most bullshit fucking thing ever fuck you Um, oh that sucks because i really like that movie i do too i like the i love the first half i love the first two-thirds of that movie when it like at the end when it gets solely focused on Leatherface, um, eh. but the b- b- before that with like all the stuff with Arlie yeah. Army, holy shit, yeah, oh, Arlie Army is a perfect addition to Texas Chainsaw. Oh my god, yeah, he is one perfect. of the best, one of the best parts yeah. about the entire franchise. Not to not to continue going on Texas Chainsaw, but for me, like a perfect Texas Chainsaw movie needs the family. It cannot just be just Leatherface. It's yes. got to have the family. I just don't like when they focus on Leatherface, which yeah. is why I wasn't a fan of the whole sob story with him at the. That's I like the sequel to this to the remake more than I like the remake. Oh, that's fair because it's more about the family than it was was about Leatherface in that movie. That's why I like it so much. Interesting, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. All right, yeah. Meanwhile, Clay and Jenna search the old Crystal Lake campgrounds where they see Jason hauling a body off into the abandoned camp house. That's real interesting. I like that he's like using the entire camp now as his like lair. Um, it's so weird to think that's one thing I'm not a fan of is the lair or the alarm system. 
I don't like the I don't like how the lair is set up, but I think it's interesting that like Crystal Lake's a band so abandoned that he could just like roam it. Yeah. I can understand like a really rundown shack, just one that he just happened to just be in, but a whole like built and then also, like Vietnam it, tunnels under Kansas. Yeah, not that. I don't I don't like that. That's part of my complaint about this movie. Uh but also like the the locals in this one just know that he exists and just are like leave him alone just leave him alone he's like or he's like an alligator you just leave him a fucking loan just <laughs> yeah so jenna and clay run back to the cabin to warn others about jason chewie is killed by jason in a tool shed near the cabin while trent and brie have sex in a bedroom great time to have sex guys um jenna and clay arrive and clay calls the police jason then disconnects the cabin's electricity uh lawrence heads outside to search for chewy and jason kills him with an axe jason then sneaks inside kills brie a police officer arrives and then knocks on the front door but is killed by jason before he can enter trent clay and jenna escape the cabin to become separated and trent is killed by jason when he reaches the main road uh that's a lot of murder what do you think of those deaths um so this that's my other gripe as far as the deaths are concerned none of them really i mean that you could say that for a lot of the friday the 13th movies so it's not like this one is any worse than any of the other ones that you know, my other gripe about this movie honestly is that so many of the characters we see so much of the screen i just i feel like they're so poorly used and written chewy on one hand he was a you know a comical character and i liked seeing him and it was kind of, that was the only person i think that died in the movie uh whenever he died in the shed uh yeah. that i was kind of bummed out about because i just ended up he was a likable guy and um seeing seeing you know it's one of those things right you you know you get to like someone and then you wouldn't be obviously when they're murdered horrifically like more horrifically than other people would be um oh, yeah uh then it but that that's that's not saying much um because he was just kind of a yeah. generic um you know he, you know he's not going to get laid but he's just kind of laughing at everything or whatever but yeah um the other kill i i like because it's just the one you would always see in the in the trailer for the movie or the, like a tv spot is when um oh what's his name um lawrence um he's running away he goes to check um the the shed to find chewy and he finds him dead and then he's running away from the shed and then fucking jason he like he's like he's in an axe throwing what do they call is is there a name for those places just like axe throwing places i don't know if there's i I don't know battle axe throwing yeah battle axe he like battle axes that fucking acts like he <laughs> it's kind of like a move in a fighting game where he's just he makes it fly and he just like dead on that's the thing about jason i feel like people don't talk about he's as 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 brutishly strong as he is he is incredibly accurate with his weapons um the well, bow yeah, and arrow I mean, it wouldn't be um, as fun if he missed every time yeah but it's just <laughs> it's crazy how how little brain activity seems to be going on in this character 
but yet he is like an idiot savant when it comes to he's like he's like hitman agent 47 with his accuracy it's like in part six whenever the cops at the end of the movie are surveying the camp uh, when they finally are about like when they finally are about to encounter jason and oh, yeah, jason yeah. has those throwing knives and he yeah. dead centers the one of the knives right in the guy's forehead oh, and it's yeah. crazy like jason could very well be like a part of the assassin's creed series and it would you know i'd be like all right that's fair um but it's crazy because I mean, you like with the axe but that's the always the one i saw in the commercial you didn't see like all of the scene, but you just saw him throw the axe. I'm like, oh, I wonder. That's I don't know why it just sticks out. Um, yeah. none, of, none of the other kills were incredibly memorable. Yeah, no, um, really. that's a, that's the other thing that I think that this movie suffers from is that it isn't anything special. Um, it's not. It's as far as like it's an adequate. It's an adequate slasher movie. I get like as far as like a late 2000 slasher movie, it's fine, but it's not. Um, it's okay. What? Well, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's fine. Uh, so we're getting here to the end. Um, Jason chases Clay and Jenna back and uh, to the campgrounds where Clay discovers Jason's lair and finds his sister underground. That's yeah this is some dr satan shit um play freeze whitney and all three try to escape as jason uh, arrives they find an exit but jenna is impaled by jason's machete before she can escape jason corners clay and whitney in a barn and whitney confuses jason by pretending to be pamela where have we heard that before or seen that before no idea uh, Clay and Whitney subdue Jason with the chain and Whitney stabs Jason in the chest with his machete. After sunrise, Clay and Whitney jump or dump, sorry, dump uh, Jason's body into the lake. Uh, but before they leave, Jason bursts through the wooden dock and grabs Whitney. Uh, a few interesting parts for this. Um, part two, the ending of this is the ending from part two with Whitney. Um confusing jason by pretending to be pamela yes the only, the only difference is is that clay um is there's a final guy in this one um, yeah well i was gonna say there's a final guy in the seventh one too but i always thought of him as like the uh the brother from four but it is weird that he didn't get killed you are right so yeah yeah, yeah it's weird i would have much i don't know i guess since we followed him the whole time that sure uh, he's the final guy um but of course this whole ending is a reference to people jumping out of the lake and grabbing people at the very last minute including yeah. the first one and i think the third one has the corpse of pamela doing that yes that's yeah they try <laughs> to do it again and that yeah had her corpse yeah um but yeah, uh, give us, let's see, let's do some quick production. Um, the development here, Michael Bay, Brad Fuller, and Andrew Form uh, were uh, approached by Toby Emmerich um, to do a Friday the 13th version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, franchise. They agreed and spent over a year obtaining the rights from Paramount Pictures, New Line, um, and Crystal Lake Entertainment, the latter run by friday the 13th creator sean s cunningham so 
yeah so they 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 spent this time just trying to uh do that um unlike both horror remakes the texas chainsaw massacre of 2003 and the amityville horror 2005 which were also produced by Bay uh, for yes. Fuller. It was decided that Friday the 13th would not be a period piece. So all the other ones are taking place in their original times of the stories. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's pretty straightforward. The writing and, and, and everything and the creation of Jason and, and all that. Um, the music. uh so they they recognized the iconic status of Harry Manfredini. Um, they did not plan to use his score entirely, uh, but they had somebody named Steve Jablonski uh, compose a score that was kind of similar. I mm-hmm. I think they probably should have just done Manfredini if he was. Yeah, they should have just probably used Manfredini unless he was just like, I'm not going to do it. Um, yeah, I agree. The box office. Uh, Opening day, it grossed nineteen million two hundred forty or two hundred ninety three thousand four hundred forty six dollars. Uh, it exceeded in its opening day, exceeded the New Blood, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, and Jason X. <laughs> so, it did better than most of the movies before it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. Its total box office. Um, let's see. Had a massive drop in attendance. That's normal. Uh, it's ninety-two million, uh, six hundred seventy thousand two hundred thirty-seven um dollars. So it well exceeded its budget. Um, critical response: It has on Rotten Tomatoes, it has twenty-six percent approval. Um, which frankly is a little bit higher than I thought it would be. Um, so yeah, it has a B minus on cinema score that's cool nice uh in october of 2009 warner brother pictures set a release date for a sequel uh to friday the 13th on december 10th however the sequel was pulled from its release date and delayed indefinitely in april 2010 producer brad fuller announced that the sequel to the film was not happening um in 2011 fuller announced that Damian Shannon and Mark Swift had finished a script for the sequel. Um, so in 2013, Warner Brothers relinquished their rights to the Friday the 13th film franchise to Paramount Pictures. During the same month, however, uh, Derek Mears, who portrayed Jason Voorhees, revealed that Paramount was working with Platinum Dunes to produce a sequel to the remake. However, the sequel was later developed into a separate installment of the franchise. What installment are they fucking talking about? I am not sure. There's no other. There's no other installment. There's nothing after this. We're done. I swear, yeah, there's more movies after this. We're not covering them. Yeah, no. There's <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not aware of any. Uh, you know, hidden installments. No, there's there. There's a litany. There are a fucking smorgasbord. Of fan films that have came out, some really, um, some really prevalent. I've honestly have not watched any of them because I'm not that big of a Friday. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're talking about this because we're fans, but I'm not like I'm not a diehard Friday the Thirteenth fan, so I'm not. Yeah, neither am it, I. But you know, you have like uh, you know, uh, 
never hike it, never hike alone and never hike in the snow. Yeah. Um, 13 fanboy, uh, that, that one was made and, um, made by, uh, uh, one of the actresses from part five, um, last name Voorhees, I can't remember her first name, but it stars a lot of the um, prior actors and actresses from the previous movies. It's about a, a, a crazed fanboy who's killing uh, people who played in Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, there are a lot of these yeah. fan films. They do have... Um, they they do have uh, alumni from Friday the Thirteenth that do star in them. Yeah. Also, um, real quick, Derek Mears though uh, we did not we didn't really mention him. He played Jason in, in the remake. Yeah, um, he's in a lot of like stuff I keep seeing, and he was in the uh, the third. Well, it's not called Twin Peaks season three. It's just called the Return. He's in that. He played Swamp Thing in the tragically uh canceled swamp thing tv series which was that show was really fucking good yeah 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 um and if you go back and back and back and back uh you can actually see him in wild wild west <laughs> um so steve you seen wild wild west yeah, I you, you know the end of the movie where Will Smith is on the big spider and he's fighting the guy who has like a metal head? Unfortunately, that is burned into my memory. That's him. That's Derek Mears. Um, he also Ugh. is in he's in middle he's in Men in Black 2. He's um when uh Kay is getting his memory back, uh there's a group and he's he goes to the the uh kind of um black marketplace with uh you know tony shalhoub's store and he's you know uh rushed by all those aliens the alien that has tendrils for a face that's also him but he's in a bunch of stuff you should look up his uh he you should look up his imdb he's the he's the alien on the roof and signs apparently that's cool (laughs) yeah no but he's in a lot of stuff and um i've not had a chance to meet him but from what i hear he is like one of the nicest fucking people you can meet. It seems like he's like a real, a real silly guy. Like if you ever meet him, he's just like real, real cheerful. So I, he seems like a very pleasant person to meet. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah so hopefully I get a chance to meet him sometime soon. Um, <laughs> I just think of him versus, uh, I, I have nothing wrong to say about Kane Hodder, but like, I was listening to somebody talk about uh, their interaction with him and how um, this kid came up to Kane Hodder and was just kind of gushing about how he's getting into horror and he really likes Kane Hodder and he liked him in this and Kane Hodder's response was $20 or something like that. Uh, <laughs> like, holy fucking shit. I don't know if that's true or not. That was recounting this was somebody recounting what they overheard at the booth. Um, but I, I, I've never heard any, I, maybe it's not true. It's just, that was kind of a funny thing I, I overheard and, um, or I, I, that somebody talked about that they overheard. And uh, um, I've never really heard anybody say any negative things about King Hodder. I'm really not trying to say any negative things about anybody. Just no, no, no. But, um, All right. Yeah. Give us your final ranking of Friday the 13th, 2009. 
Um, so my ranking for this one, I just give it a, a five out of 10. Um, I, you know, I've came to the realization that I don't hate it. Um, I still am not a fan of, of Michael Bay involved in these movies because he has literally zero interest in them as making horror movies. He's, I know he's not directing, but he's a big producer for it. So he's a lot of say so. Um, and so that really kind of taints things too. I just kind of wish he wasn't a part of these movies, but, um, but a five out of 10, I, I, I thought it was adequate. It used to be lower than that, but I, I, I like it. Okay. Now. Yeah. I gave it a four out of 10. Um, okay. It's, it's not my favorite. There's things that I really, really like about it. I think there were smart decisions made. And then there's things where I'm like, I think this, I don't really care uh, for Jason growing weed. I think it's kind of, I don't, I don't know why Jason would ever grow weed. Uh, no, I don't know either. And I don't like the alarms. I just, yeah. I feel like Jason could do a lot of things, but I don't think he is bright enough to be able to develop a, like uh, an alarm system. It's kind of like, seems no, like, no. yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's not supposed to be as stupid in this one. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe not, but it's still, I just don't really like any of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a four out of 10 for me. Um, fair. All right, man. We did it. Finally. All right. We did it. We do not have to talk about Friday the 13th again for a long <laughs> time. Yeah. There I is know. a Friday the 13th in October. I will say that. That's always, that's always fun. Yeah, but you know, maybe we won't talk about it then either. I don't know. But uh so for our next episode, we will be doing our top ten to five ranked. Our first five will be kind of a speed run through, and then we will extensively talk about our top five of twenty twenty-two. Um and then after that, you know what? I don't know what we're doing. And I like that. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, for our next extra episode and frankly i don't give a fuck right now we'll figure Not, it out yeah i'm t- i'm way too i can't even give you an idea i just was um this is this goes to show for anybody listening i'm so sorry if i seem uninterested in talking about these movies but um i think we started talking about them in like may yeah and so it's like <laughs> They're they're great. I appreciate the franchise, um, but I feel like I would I would be this way if we had to do the same thing for Halloween. And I love Halloween, but I feel like I would feel the same way. One thing I will mention is that that's the thing that I feel like is the funniest thing to me right now, or has been in the past year or two, is that Halloween has had thirteen movies. In its franchise before Friday the 13th. Could yeah. get 13 movies in its franchise. Yeah. It was one off. Friday the 13th still doesn't have one on its way. No. There's been teasings, but uh I'll see when I'm I'll uh see when I believe it. Yeah. Um, no, it, well, I mean I'll believe it when I see it. Sorry. Ho- hopefully we'll get the uh the TV show. Um yeah, Which, we'll definitely no the TV show is coming this year. So that, that'll definitely happen. And but, it's A24. A24 is producing the show. A24, and then there was a name attached to it that I was like, what? Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. said that. 
Oh, and um, um, Brian Fuller. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a, a wild show. Yeah, it's going to be. I feel like they they would do it justice. I feel like yeah. I would definitely enjoy something that they would make. Absolutely. I feel like it would be way better than a lot of the sequels, honestly. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be better than some of the sequels for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are at our time limit. So, uh, yeah, look out for our top 10 of the year and whatever the hell we else whatever the hell else we decide to do on these extra episodes for the coming year um but until then my name is steven troy and we will see you next time This podcast was made by horror fans like yourself. Intro music by Aaron Bertram.